0: Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show will revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Rosen, along with Ike Eisenman. And before we go anywhere, I, I want to start by saying that we appreciate everyone who watches our show. It is so great to hear from people who love what we're doing. And we also appreciate all the comments. And I want you to know that we do go through every single one. And it's nice to know that there are many other people who are fans of the of the people that we're, who were involved in all the shows, films, and music that we loved in the past and that they aren't forgotten. On that same note, Today's guest has also a wonderful YouTube channel dealing with all things retro, which I ha- actually happen to tune into religiously. And whoever is in our audience will definitely appreciate his channel as well. So with all that being said, please help us welcome Dave Sundstrom. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Truly an
1: honor. <laughs> well, to start with, can you, for people who don't know, can you describe your channel a little
2: bit to our viewers? Yeah. So uh, the channel is, like you said, it's it's, uh, we have a lot in common with, with the things that you guys talk about on your podcast. Uh, I talk about music, movies, and mostly TV. Let's be clear, mostly TV from decades gone by. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, I, I, I dabble in the late 50s a little bit, but mostly 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, that's kind of the sweet spot for me when it comes to, you know, the just the entertainment that was uh, most impactful in my life. And, and what I try to do on the channel when I do things right is I'm really attempting to rekindle memories that are attached to TV mm-hmm. shows uh, I think we all have them, uh, not just TV shows, but movies and music. I think we all have them, right? It's not necessarily a memory about like the plot of whatever, but it's what was going on in your life at the time that, that, uh, whether it was a TV show or movie that I'm spotlighting in, in any particular video. Uh, I talk about those kind of things in my videos along with that. And my hope is, is that as people watch the videos, they, They kind of think back to what was going on in their lives at the same time. You know, nostalgia—that's what it's all about.
1: Well, 100% work because that's exactly the feeling, the emotion that I get when I watch videos. It always rekindles something where I was at the time, what I'm doing. You know, right? I was a kid, and like you know, it brings back memories of watching with my parents a lot of times when I watch those videos. So there are a lot of there are definitely a lot of fun. Uh, I want to say like Ike and I have been doing our show for like a little over a year now. And for what I've seen, your show in its, in its current format has been around at least for like four years. So how,
2: how did the idea first come about to start doing that? So uh, it, it has definitely changed. When I first started playing with the idea, toying with the idea of doing something on YouTube, uh, I have three sons and uh, they were at just the right age for really bad dad jokes. And I was also... <laughs> At work, I'd started experimenting with this animation software called Powtoon, and so I created these videos with dad jokes, and those were the very first things that popped up on the channel. And uh, and they would get a you know a hundred views, two hundred views, and I was, this is awesome. <laughs> and but but you know what? You can only tell so many dad jokes, and I'm not very good at them anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I kind of changed I started thinking if this is I love making YouTube videos I love this platform I love reading and responding to comments Uh, if it's going to work I've got to talk about something that really really excites me and I, I in college I had my degree is in communications and the goal had been to write for a newspaper do something like that in, in entertainment and I'd, I'd reviewed movies and music and I thought you know what uh, let me focus on music and I, I started just solely doing like retro music stuff and it's interesting I did a video on Journey and they're one of their final concerts they had before Steve Perry left the band and A new community found me, uh, primarily women and uh, maybe a handful of years older than me, but they were ardent Steve Perry fans. And I noticed every time I did a video on Journey then, you know, I'd do them on Foreigner and Kiss and all these bands from the 70s and 80s. But every time I did a video on Journey or Steve Perry, I'd get like 10 times the views. And so that little community just kind of helped bolster the success. And, but I got to the point where I couldn't talk about and just talking about Steve Perry all the time wasn't, wasn't filling my soul. It wasn't,
0: wasn't, (laughs) you know,
2: as much as I love Perry, you're going to run out of material eventually. (laughs) Right. And and one of the things I was asking for is he hadn't done a, he had kind of stepped away from everything for like 20 plus years. And so I do videos on when is he going to do a new album? Yeah. And cause he kept talking about doing one and he finally did. And then I really ran out of stuff to talk about. And uh, so I got thinking, you know, I could still do a music video every now and again, but let's, let's broaden this out so that I can really, again, start talking about stuff that I love. And what I discovered was I did a video on the Andy Griffith Show, which I have a huge connection with. It's it's definitely one of my all time favorites.
1: Bring that up later. We will. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, I love that. There's some really special memories. You talked about parents, Jonathan. There's some special memories I have attached to the Andy Griffith Show, both early on and then later, just in the last few years, that. uh, so anyway, I did a video on the Andy Griffith show, and I did one on Frances Bavier, who played Aunt B, and her relationship with the cast, and in particular with Andy. And that it was kind of prickly. She was not the you know, the really warm uh, woman that you would that she portrayed on TV. She was instead a professional, right? She was an actress that loved doing what she did. But it was hard. It's hard for all of us as fans to separate that she was a human being and different than what we saw on TV. And uh, and then I did another video about uh, Andy Griffith the day that he heard about John F. Kennedy's assassination. And that video is one of my top videos. Uh, One of those days, these days, I'm going to retire that one simply because. I was the story was shared with me by a community member, and I have yet to really uh, be able to tie that one down in terms of documented evidence that the story's factually correct. It's a great story, and I love it. And the community member, he says his father worked on the you know the set, and I believe him. But you know, I get challenged on that one every now and again, and and I. And because of that, someday I might retire that video unless I can find the, the proof that I need. Uh, what I do know is the elements of that story, which is Andy <laughs> was, as you might expect, uh, being a, he was, Andy was not a conservative. He was a, a liberal Southerner and he was a huge John F. Kennedy proponent. And when he heard of the, the assassination, it was absolute meltdown on the set. And his he had a great friendship with Don Knotts and and Don kind of came to the rescue that day to, to settle things down. And so it's just a little story. But the fun thing about that video, and it goes back to what we're trying, what I tried to do on my videos, is that people respond to that video two ways. One is people say, you're full of crap, but you don't know that story. That didn't happen, really. But the other one, and the one that happens more frequently, is people share their memories of where they were on that day when they heard about Kennedy's assassination. And for that reason, maybe I'll never take it down. I'm such a wishy-washy guy.
1: I, would, yeah. I, <laughs> I
2: love reading those comments and right. hearing from people about where they were and, and allowing them to share that memory. And, and YouTube's such a great venue for that.
0: Wow. I mean, that's amazing. And I just want to say, as far as the, the, the authenticity of the story goes, they're called Hollywood stories for a reason. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah. just just sort of take that into consideration, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't stress about it so much. <laughs> I, I try I mean, not to, especially yeah, as it, it's, it's, it's hit the two million mark, or it's getting close to it. Oh, oh wow, 80s. that's great! Oh and my lots god, of that's
2: people are watching it and loving.
0: Yeah. It. Well, you know, I think I, just hearing you talk, first of all, about um, the nostalgia that we have. I think I, I feel like most of the nostalgia, at least for me, is rooted in television. Of course, movies have been a big part of my life, you know, not only from my career, but also just from an entertainment standpoint. But it seems like the nostalgia really washes over me mostly due to the television shows. Cause you're in your home, you're, your, you're we were in our homes and our living rooms, often with our families, most of the time with our families. And I think a lot of that warm and fuzzy kind of wraps around that more so than movies. That was a different kind of shared experience I had growing up. It was probably more isolated and, and, you know, personal, but the TV shows were very different. And so, I mean, of course, all three of us are like, we're in a mutual admiration society here regarding this, this content, but did you always have a love for all things nostalgia or did that sort of start to kindle in you at a certain point?
2: Well, as long as I can remember, I did. Um uh, I, so I t- mentioned my mother a minute ago, she was an old soul, even when she was young and mm-hmm. she really fostered this love for all things old in me <laughs> uh, and not just TV shows and movies, which she loved those things. And, and she, Uh, But she would keep like old magazines and she kept newspapers from really important days, uh, events in, Mm. in her life and and worldwide as well. And, and she would, she actually enjoyed having me play hooky from school. Sometimes I'd pretend to be sick and stay home and she'd, you know, she'd pour us both a big old uh, glass of diet Coke Or Coke back then. I don't think it was Diet Coke. I think it was fully leaded. But she'd pour, you know, she'd get me a soda. We'd sit down and she'd pull out the newspapers and we'd fire up the TV and she enjoyed having the company. uh, And and so she fostered that in me. She also had to remember she had this box full of like old, really toys from the 30s and 40s, just tiny little things you'd get out of like a gumball machine or something. And she'd tell me what they were. And she had memories attached to those things as well. So, so early on, like probably five, six, seven, eight, that I was already kind of really Starting to sense this love of nostalgia that she had, and it was growing in me as well.
0: God, that is that's. See, I see. I I often talk about this with friends and 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 my wife. I grew up. I grew up with with a family that had a lot of family pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my grandmother and her brothers and sisters. We'd get together and pull out the of the box of pictures you know there would be a barbecue and then the box of pictures would come out and the stories would then you know come out I of that, that. Yeah. and that's that 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 stuff is is it's so lost today i mean even going back to watching television as a family everyone's got their own screen at home now and everyone's watching something right. different it's not a real shared experience like it used to be and that's just my god what a great story i i, well, I, I, I think love-
1: we, we have you have similar, I mean, experiences like, you know, you mentioned with your mom, I, I was like, my, my dad always, and that's how I think my nostalgia started. I was, you know, growing up in the, you know, 70s and whatever, 80s. And I would sit with my dad, watch Abbott and Costello movies, you know, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby movies. So <laughs> it's all, all these things. Like, you know, I, I started loving those those uh, old movies, you know, because it was it drummed in me as a kid.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same for me, too. I did a lot of it on my own. But speaking of which, what are some of your your favorite television shows and, and movies from, uh, you know, when you were young?
2: So uh, top of the list is the Adam West Batman TV series from, the,
0: <laughs>
2: from this late 60s. Uh, I uh, just adore that show. I went through this weird, uh, you know. I'm a comic book geek, a superhero fan. I've loved Batman, that character since I was a little guy. And I went through this weird phase which is as I got to be a teen and I started to realize how silly that show was. I actually <laughs> I went from love to hate. And yeah. then there was like this, uh, if you follow comics at all, and I don't know if you guys do, but oh, there was this Dark Knight <laughs> Returns phase. Yeah. Frank Miller, the comic book writer, artist, created this Dark Knight Returns, which was a dark uh, Batman, a different take, very different take. And I just embraced it and Adam West, go away. <laughs> you're horrible. Um, and then as, as time went on, I started to realize that all different versions of Batman can exist, and 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 then I realized that my favorite version of Batman was that character, that the you know the version of Batman that would share a milkshake with Catwoman at the local <laughs> drive-in, you know. Those, those uh, so I love that show. I love the Andy Griffith show, and I love Star Trek. Those are those are huh? Star yeah. Trek. <laughs> Oftentimes, if I have to expand that list, the shows will change. Uh, but if I have to whittle it down to three television programs that were just so influential on me and and just, I just think they're fun shows. They hold up. I can watch any of those three shows today and and get the same enjoyment that I got out of them when I was younger.
1: <laughs> well, well you, had, you had just mentioned a few minutes ago. That, that's one of the things I was going to rig up. You just mentioned Andy Griffith. I, I noticed there, in my opinion, what I saw, I, I don't know if it's true or not but I thought, I thought there were like more Andy Griffith and MASH videos than anything else on your page. So now I have to debate now this. Which division of MASH do you prefer? The first three seasons with, with Colonel Blake and, and Trapper or
2: afterwards with BJ and Colonel Potter? Well, I'd be interested in knowing what you... I'll tell you, but you let me know what you think first, John. I, I've said this before. To, we, we've talked about this before the
1: show. I... Whenever I watch the reruns now, and I love the whole series, whenever I watch the reruns now, I stop after the first three seasons. I stopped after the Colonel Blake and Trapper seasons because the tone of the show changed. It's, it became it went from a comedy to becoming preachy. And it's, you know, like I said, at the time I watched every single season, but now that I, I can watch it in reruns, I stop after season three because I didn't like the preachiness <laughs> as opposed to just yeah. comedy.
2: I, well i'm with you so uh i won't stop i'll watch some of those older <laughs> some of those later seasons i really love harry morgan and i thought his colonel potter character mm-hmm. was great and and when uh gary berghoff left and uh, the radar character left and and jamie Farr got to shine as cleaner even more mm-hmm. i thought that was good stuff but much like the first five seasons of the andy griffith show are just pure gold the black and white seasons <laughs> uh the first three seasons pre colonel blake uh, leaving us forever uh is, are absolutely the best and and they're just exactly what you said the tone changed right i think there was the a sense by the makers and i don't know I'm, i wasn't there but this is what i get watching it that they they needed to be to to they had a responsibility to share more of a message and and I know a lot of folks uh, when I do a mash video, they'll comment about Alan Alda and, and his politics and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm cool with, you know, his politics there. That, that's not a big deal. Uh, and I don't really think Alan Alda is to blame. It's easy for folks to just point the finger at <laughs> the big guy on the screen who, who tend to have most of the screen time. Uh, but there was a shift in tone and, 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 And I think it's, it wasn't just Alda. It was the entire creative team. They, they were trying to do something more there. And, and to an extent they were successful. I think if we look at that television show, it's one of the most popular TV shows, most loved revered television shows of all time. So they were successful, but I'm with you. I love the first three seasons. They're the funniest.
0: Oh, it, I mean, it is such a great show. And, and and of course you, brought up gary bergoff and you recently did a video on whether or not the mash cast hated him or yeah. not and the funny thing is i heard the rumor as well and i even heard rumblings of that back in the day you know being in the industry you know you you hear certain things that kind of float around so that's kind of fascinating. yeah and
2: you know and the interesting thing is is that if there was ever any animosity that's the beauty of time too right I I mean, I listened to there's a Alan Alda has a clear plus vivid podcast, and he had all of those guys, every living actor from the main cast that was, you know, he had them on a year, year and a half ago. And just to listen to the warmth that those people have for each other and the affection, Mm. you know, if there were any hard feelings, uh, uh, they've certainly washed away over time. But I sense that we we as viewers sometimes tell ourselves stories that just don't exist based on what we see, how the characters play out. And I think it's a yeah. fun story to tell that innocent sweet radar was kind of a jerk behind this <laughs> yeah the fun story to tell oh.
1: well that, that upset me too when you talk, when you had the uh, aunt B video because i have one image in my mind and i was like no no don't tell me
2: that. yeah oh, gosh darn it you <laughs> know but she was just a human being right sure re- reality is is i'll get people when i do an andy griffith video say yeah i ran into andy uh in the 90s and said hello and and he was a grump and just, you know, turned the other way and walked off. And and you just gotta put yourself in their shoes.
1: Sure. Right.
2: It's and radar's the same way. I know he hated being people yelling radar at him, you know, 20 years later after the show had left the air. It's just, it's, it's gotta be tough as and I, I realize it's the price you pay with fame and, mm-hmm. and when you become a celebrity, but it's gotta be tough to just have to kind of deal with that day in and day out. And I I, I suspect we would all have moments where we wouldn't be at
0: of our best.
1: Well, well oh, staying I, I on mean, Andy Griffith. Oh, I sorry, mean, no, no, good.
0: just to interject because I have some small experience with this. Um, <laughs> I I, 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 I did not have the kind of fame that, that a Gary Berghoff or Andy Griffith did for sure. But you do find yourself, um, you know, after a certain period of time, Often forgetting that you are who you are and you're trying to live your life and just do what you normally do. And then someone suddenly steps in and interrupts that in some way. I was always able to handle it. Um, I don't think anyone out there has any any uh, bad stories about having an interaction with me. But I mean... You know, having someone yell, Tony, Tony, oh my God, Tony, where's your harmonica? You know, for decades would be, um, would be trying to say the least. <laughs> well, in one of our earlier
1: shows, someone referred to you as Tony accidentally for a moment. I don't know if you recall that. <laughs> what
2: have... yes, yeah, I mean, No names, no names, but I'm just yeah, saying that did yeah.
0: happen. <laughs> actually, instead of referring to my name called yes. me tony and it was it was it was quite <laughs> interesting but but you know we, we all do, we all do this even i do it as well you know i i i put people up on a on a on a pedestal and i i have had a couple of interactions with people i've worked with that were less than pleasant and it was unfortunate but by and large that's a that's the thing i can tell you by and large everyone i worked with was was absolutely wonderful and very much was who they who they are hmm. that you love about them on screen. That's, to me, that's a lot of, that's the part of it that's so important because their personalities come through because they're amazing people in a, in, in, in very special ways. And that's what they exude. And that's what we relate to. And I have found that to be far more consistent and, um, and then, uh, than not, but There are those out there for sure. Well,
2: fair (laughs) warning to you, Ike, and I shall never call you Tony, uh, but uh, (laughs) but fair warning to you uh, that the uh, video we talked before we started recording here we talked about the potential of doing a Katie Saylor video down the road
1: uh, yes
2: she's on my potential topics list if I can ever get just uh, find the right angle and and do it the right way to be respectful and and still have fun uh, but the the Ike Eisenman video that's gonna happen is about you and your relationship just that relationship that you had with Roddy on set Oh, during yeah. the fantastic journey, uh, I rem- I think it was on your podcast here, guys, where you were talking about that that relationship you had there, and that's a really cool story and one that you know hopefully I uh, when I tell it it'll, it'll do justice <laughs> to uh, uh, hopefully it'll be good.
0: Well, I would certainly love to see that because it really was a fantastic um, one of my best friendships in, in Hollywood um, I've 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 had and and uh, and. And again, very, very rewarding because he lived up to and exceeded all expectations of what he might be like just simply as a, as a person, let alone as an amazing performer. And so I look forward to seeing that.
2: <laughs> Isn't yeah, that great
0: the, when, when people do live up to expectations? Oh, that's one it, of the... It's like, it just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really, it really is amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate with, with a lot of people that I've, I've gotten to work with and have that experience with. So Yeah, for sure. But I look forward to that. That'd be awesome. Cool.
1: I I just want to say that I I did mention this type before. I did have a lead on Katie Saylor. And if if I ever get the green light, I will invite her to be on the show. Oh,
2: wow. Wow. That would be that. For that reason alone, people subscribe to this podcast. (laughs) That is going, if that ever happens, that is going to be an episode not to be missed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I, I said I, I will have to, you know, kind of push Ike a little bit for that one, but I, I'm kind of I kind of want that one to happen too. <laughs> as long as as long as she doesn't watch the previous uh episode <laughs> that we discussed <laughs> so, oh, I so. think
2: you guys were kind to her. I don't think that anything was I mean, I didn't sense that any anything was too too rotten that was said. I mean, it was just kind of factual in terms of how she played out in terms of her character on the show
1: we'll have to yeah. go back and edit
2: yeah
1: <laughs> So yeah. i want to talk about the, you you we were talking about uh, andy griffith and the, you you recently you not i don't know the reason but you went to mayberry and yeah i did past that area and i've never stopped so what was that like visiting
2: that was actually yeah i was a little bit nervous about going there just because you know i felt like i might be underwhelmed and my wife was there. She was on business, and she invited me to go to North Carolina with her. So I, uh, I decided to take her up on the offer, and we went to Mount Airy and spent the better part of a day. And I went to Floyd's barber shop and awesome. the uh, the little uh, diner with the that has the pork chop sandwich that Andy talks about, and, and the it was. It, I found everybody to be very friendly. The guy that uh, ran the barbershop, his dad was the person that Floyd had been patterned after. And, and when we went to the, the diner, uh, it was about ready to close and they still welcomed me in and didn't make me feel like I had to, leave there was there was also i I did a video on it there's this old feller he was probably in his 90s who it was clear that he went to that diner every single day and Mm. just hung out and talked with andy griffith fans because his wife had passed on and he just it was so much fun to visit with him he sang me a little song that i got on video and and uh you know i mean part of it's a tourist trap they definitely mount airy Uh, takes advantage and as well they should of all of the rabid Andy Griffith fans that come to town Uh, but there was it was fun to be able to drive by Andy's you know childhood home and kind of go to the museum and everybody at the museum was super friendly it was it was a great experience and one that uh, well probably before next five, 10 years, go back again. And, really? and without my wife, love her to death, but you know, she's not the Andy Griffith fan that I am. And so me wanting to spend three hours in a museum, that's really only two rooms full of Andy Griffith memorabilia. Uh, you know, she, I think she put up with it for like an hour 15 and that was all she could handle. So, uh, you know, I love her and the, you know, Thank heavens for partners, spouses that are supportive and allow us to be the nuts that we are. But uh, uh, next time, I'll uh, it, she may travel with me. But I'll, I, when I hit Mound Area, it might be on alone, so I can just geek out. And maybe I'll never go come home. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, you, you have you have a very large
1: following and with great enticing thumbnails and I, that always wants to grab me like, you know, things like, who did Larry K- Hagman kill to get the, the role of J.R. on Dallas, you know, like <laughs> things like that, but not an actual thumbnail, but along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you start seeing that your videos were resonating with people? You kind of alluded to it a little bit, but how long did it take taking before your channel like really like exploded?
2: Yeah. uh, So here's the thing. The channel once really grew fast. Uh, I think I went probably from 2019 to late 2020 is when it got the 100,000 viewers. Mm. And it's interesting uh, that once there's a couple other fellers out there a guy named Landam C goes there. He's a wonderful video publisher too, uh, and another guy named Rick 9G, uh, and they do the same exact thing as me. and And so th- those those folks had been there and kind of in the space right around the same time as me doing this type of video. Uh, but there there are a ton of copycats now, and and folks that really just they're slapping together videos with artificial voices and and giving titles, like making it sound like people have died when they haven't really died, whatever they can to get the views. And I found that over the last year plus it's become a really competitive niche to be in. And so what I've focused on instead of, I'll still get the videos. We'll get hundreds of thousands of views every now and again, but more often than not, I give my videos get 5 to 10,000 views and and what i've discovered is is that i got to instead of chasing the views i've got to create the videos that i love and tell the stories that i love yeah. and recognize that not every video is going to be from a view perspective a home run out of the park it's just got to be the It's got to be me telling the story that that gives me the joy, right? And and hopefully, and by doing so, imparts joy to the viewers. And so, I I I occasionally can't resist trying to title a video in a clickbaity way that will, you know, that I know will grab viewers, right? (laughs) You You try to add an element of intrigue, but what I really try to resist doing is being deceptive and dishonest with any of my video thumbnails or or titles that's really important to me that that there still be some honesty and of course that the videos be authentically me and my memories that kind of thing but a long-winded way of saying that it grew fast Mm -hmm. jonathan and then it's kind of just kind of like it continues to grow but instead of like three or 4,000 new subscribers a month, it's a 1000. And and that steady growth is really, really comfortable.
1: What's funny is many times while researching people that you know, we want to have on, I'll I'll do a search and one of your videos will pop up. (laughs) So how do you start deciding who to do a video on?
2: Well, so I have a great community. Uh, There's people typically my videos will get in the first few days three four hundred comments on them. That's great, and I do my very best, particularly the first day or two, to to read and try to respond to most of those comments. Uh, sometimes it's just a thanks for sharing, but I want them to know that I'm reading their comments and and acknowledge it. But within those comments, I get a lot of great suggestions. Not, you know, sometimes it'll just be a. a f- out and out overt suggestion, you should do a video on this. Those are okay. But sometimes the best suggestions actually come from a comment where someone mentions something, Mm -hmm. uh, an important memory to them, and it'll trigger something in me as well. And those are the ones that I write down, I have this potential topics list of, you know, 300 topics right now. And it just, uh, I just, it continues to grow. And I'll never run out of ideas for videos. (laughs) I, I know that some video creators on youtube say that that's the biggest struggle is knowing what to do next what what video to make but you know fortunately for us there's just decades and decades of entertainment that and a lot of it just gets lost you know we all remember mash and happy days and uh, batmans and star treks but there's a lot of shows that ran for you know a single season oh yeah and, and some of the Saturday morning stuff, people have just completely forgotten as well. And, and those are just, that's that's a gold mine to tap into.
0: Oh man, a hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, heck, I, I co-starred on a one season, um, one hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's a lot out there. And I used to think, man, if you could, if, if stuff people could possibly never see, which is like pilot's for tv shows that didn't that didn't get sold but were produced and and um you know those things would be much much harder to dig into but what we we had on the uh
1: the the new monkeys person i mean they only lasted one less than a season really
2: Yeah. yeah i love that i love that episode it was so much fun to listen to and (laughs) <laughs> and i love the new monkeys i i remember when the monkeys made that mid-80s resurgence and yeah. and they they came back and i was hoping you know hoping that they would succeed but uh, alas it sounds like he's had great success in other ways oh, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well what topics have had the best uh the best response for you
2: uh so interestingly enough uh Andy griffith of course has been very very successful early on uh A little show, you may be familiar with it uh, from the 70s and early 80s called Three's Company (laughs) has been hugely successful for me. And it's it's a show that I think back on fondly because I wasn't allowed to watch it when it first debuted. My parents, I come from a fairly conservative religious home in the state of Utah so you can kind of gather where we're going there and uh the fact that a person was pretending to be a homosexual on the show was just that was not uh wasn't allowed to watch that show i wasn't allowed to watch welcome back cotter because my dad thought it was about gangs you know it's that kind of stuff uh eventually us kids though we warm down you know your parents get tired after a while and uh especially during the summers when shows are on reruns in the daytimes. We, you know, we got to watch all, all of the shows that we were prohibited from watching. And, but uh, three companies, a big one Uh, mash, you mentioned that one, Jonathan, anytime I do anything on mash and my brother is a bigger mash fan than I, and he, he's, he's still working full time. He's got a, a day job. Uh, so he doesn't do them as often as I do but he just recently did one on Larry Linville that's a fun one I think the title was was Larry Linville a jerk and, uh, <laughs> and again it, it plays to that fact that Larry did such a great job playing a jerk on MASH that he was great. people yeah. tend to think that the man was that way and he wasn't he was a sweetheart <laughs> of a human being but mash a very popular videos uh my space ones if i do things on buck rogers and uh and the battle galactica anything science fiction uh so that's why the fantastic journeys of interest to me that show though you know I, my big gripe with the fantastic journey ike was that just what how the network treated it right it's like i as a yeah. kid i didn't have a vcr my yeah. parents didn't have a vcr till the mid 80s and and as much as my dad was, my parents were good about buying the TV guides for us. And, and I would peruse that thing, like, you know, in circle when shows were on that I wanted to watch, but the fantastic journey was sometimes it would just slip right by you. You couldn't catch it before, you know, and it only ran for what? 11, 12, 10 episodes, something like that.
0: Yeah, it was 10. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, uh, so I didn't get to see them all at the time thank heavens for streaming now uh um, but but you know the, so the science fiction stuff though i i just love that and there's a core group out there that anytime i do anything on obscure or not so obscure science fiction from the late 70s early 80s they they eat that stuff up
0: mm.
1: <laughs> Uh, we kind of, we kind of touched upon one thing before. We we, we just mentioned the NP, but <clears throat> have you ever researched someone and after finding out about them, you're like really sad? Like, oh, that's terrible. What happened? I've not,
2: I've researched someone and not done a video on them.
1: Really? So I won't say
2: their name. You know, it wow. just, uh, you know, it's disappointing. Sometimes it's like, and my research consists of you know the internet so it's like go to wikipedia go to youtube dig around see what i can find and i just started watching videos on this person and and the way she she, they were responding to things and and in, in interviews and that kind of stuff i i was just turned off and as excited as i was about the idea of the video i just stopped and i probably truthfully have you know, there's there's a handful of unfinished videos that just as I got working on it, it again, it goes back to just, it gave me zero joy. And so uh. might as well stop.
1: Oh, in, in the same vein, when, when doing research for videos, did you ever come across things that like made you realize that you didn't remember the shows as much as you thought you did? Because when I, I was looking up something for that girl, which I loved and watched all the time in syndication, I found out that the song was only present in the last year and it just like blew my mind. It's like all my memories were like lies. It's, I, yeah. I vividly remember it, you know.
2: Yeah, that happens a lot to me, actually, is that I'll have false memories of certain things. And, and so most of the time I catch them, uh, but occasionally I'll publish a video and i'll I'll get corrected and then i have to take the i wish youtube had a way to fix things you know without taking a video down and republishing but they don't but you know one for me was speaking of mash there's a character in mash called uh colonel flag
1: oh yeah
2: i remember flag being in like so many episodes of mash it turns (laughs) out he was in like Six or seven, depending on if you believe that one of the episodes he was undercover, is a different character. But, you know, it's just things like that. You just remember things differently, like the prominence of a character or how much they were in a show, all that kind of stuff. Just your time has a way of kind of changing things. And we tell ourselves stories about shows and, and characters, and sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, have you ever been contacted by anybody that you did a video about? Yeah,
2: yeah, oh. I have.
0: Wow, uh,
2: a couple things. Uh, so I did one on Terry Copley. Do you, do you either you know who Terry Copley is? Okay, do you remember a familiar. mid? Eight- <laughs> you remember a mid eighties? I want to say, <clears throat> but it might have been early eighties. But it, 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 it was on NBC. It was called "We've Got It Made." Oh, yes. Hmm. I know. That. Yes. And and then it went it was canceled by NBC, went to syndication a couple of years later, has one of the worst all time opening theme songs ever. It's just horrible. I mean, it's so 80s, but it's so horrible at the same time. Uh, and I love theme songs. I mean, those that's the highlight of a show. I'll, my wife can't understand why I don't want her to skip through like, you know, when when a show's starting, it has a little, on Netflix It says skip. It's like, no, that music gets me ready for the show. It formats the disc in this head. But anyway, uh, Terry Coughley reached out to me and she had a nice, she was super nice. Rebecca, I'm trying to remember her last name right at the moment. I knew I'd draw a blank on something when we started talking today. But She was the second, uh, she was in Knight Rider and she replaced the main gal for a season, Bonnie, with a... her name was April on the show, Rebecca, something or other. Anyway, she reached out to me and we had a great conversation. I said something in a video that uh, wasn't factually incorrect, but I didn't know the backstory behind it. And she asked if I changed. And so of course I did. I took the video down and, and and took a part of the video out just because it, it was hurtful to family members. And oh, I didn't want know. to do that. Never would want to do that. And then there's a, uh, I've had children of actors who have passed on contact me uh, about just saying, thanks, you know, thanks for remembering my dad. Thanks for remembering my mom, Uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, one of the things that I don't ever really try to do, even with the Francis Bobbier video, I don't want to go negative. There's enough folks out there that are trying to get views by going negative with their Mm -hmm. videos. Uh, There's, I'd rather be that, even if, if people accuse me of being a little bit Pollyanna-esque in the way i approach some of their their stories uh, that's okay it's okay I'd, I'd i'd rather do that than than fall to, to the you know to the trap of of telling a story a negative story that just to to you know for greater popularity on youtube that type of thing so i i love it when maybe even more than when the actual actors contact me, but when uh, a, a relative contacts me and says that, that was great. Thank you for remembering my father or mother that way. Yeah, that's Very awesome.
0: Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: one, one of the other things I, I love about your channel is it's like, it's many of the same things that you talk about with your friends. Like, like Ike and I have done shows where we discuss our favorite sitcoms or sci-fi movies, and I'll wonder whatever happened to so-and-so. And then I find out that you've already done a video. <laughs> on it so do your friends bug you to come on and discuss all these things because you I see that you do some things with them at times
2: yeah I have one friend so I worked in so after college and everything I I tried to get higher I got my degree in public relations and like I said I wrote for the newspaper at the university and uh and uh I thought I was going to be a you know work for a newspaper and uh and that didn't happen I ended up getting a a job in financial services and uh for the next 30 years i was a broker right and led a team of brokers and uh and in that group that's where co- the most amazing conversations happen this group of people you wouldn't think would be you know all <laughs> about the entertainment industry and retro nostalgia but when you know when you've got a lot of time with uh, folks in your uh you, you don't want to talk about what the stock market's doing or whatever you talk about tv and movies and music and one i have a friend the from that uh the time in that industry that that we just had so many lunches and uh breaks talking about things that he he occasionally joins me on my i have a thursday evening live stream and he'll join me and we'll we'll he, he's always good for some additional information that I didn't <laughs> know about a particular show other than that I've had I've had co-workers I, I just retired last year but I've had co-workers that have you know made suggestions they love you know, i I started this during the or the final years of my career there and so they were aware that I was doing it and they'd say hey you ought to do a video on this you know I uh, have a of another successful uh, set of videos that on it based on a tv series is i've done a bunch on leave it to beaver oh,
1: yeah.
2: and i had watched leave it to beaver as a kid but i had no special memories really attached to leave it to beaver but i had a co-worker a guy named dan who said you've got to do leave it to beaver videos and so in preparation for that i went back and Watched a whole bunch of them, and I'm like, wow, this show is great, and I remember that. And and who's this, you know, who's this rusty character? I love that little dude, always eating an apple. And uh, and so, or or Larry Mondello, that's his name. (laughs) Uh, anyway, uh, so I got a lot of ideas from co workers, but I really have only had one join me on uh, the live stream, (laughs) along with my brother who will join me from time to time. And that's fun because then we can talk about life in the Sunstrom home, which was, was, uh, you know, boring, but yet interesting at the same time. Well, let's you talking about old shows. Let's talk some old shows. So
1: you did an episode with about uh, Mino Palouse, who we had, yes. on, and you were kind enough to give us a shout out with that one. But actually, it was on our, one of our regular viewers who who let me know about that, actually, which I was also appreciative of and thrilled to see us mentioned on yours. But Mino was such a great guest. And we had so many more questions to ask, but we couldn't fit it all in. Uh, and I've mentioned on our show frequently how much I love Voyagers, and you've done several videos on that show as yeah. well. But I always point to that show as one that was canceled too soon. So, what what other shows do you think that didn't get their due and were canceled too soon?
2: Oh, well, I don't know if canceled too soon is the right way, but I absolutely I, I loved Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century yeah. first season. I loved that show, and then they. There was a writer strike that happened in the early 80s, like 80-ish, and oh, yeah. uh, the show went on hiatus, and they brought in a new guy to, to retool it, and they took all of the stuff that was great in that show, <laughs> and, and it went away as they tried to turn it into Star Trek light. And the characters, like uh, the Wilma Daring character that Aaron Gray played, uh, became just a, a whisper of what she once was in terms of a strong female character. And uh, Princess Ardala, oh, never showed up at all during the second season. It was just, I mean, and... Mel Blanc had voiced Tweaky the robot on that show and I don't know if you guys even know what I'm talking about here but I'm gonna do oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and then he got sick and they brought in someone else to do Tweaky's voice and he the guy didn't even try to make it sound like Mel Blanc at all it was like what happened to Tweaky and there was this bird guy that they've made fun of now in Rick and Morty but there was this bird character on the show named Hawk that it just it it, it ended too soon in that what all the goodness from season one ended too soon, but what we got with season two, really, I guess it wasn't a travesty along the same lines. I really, I loved the first season and there was only one season, but people like to think there's a second season of Battlestar Galactica. I loved the first season of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, they retold it and called it Galactica 80 and turned it into a kid's show. Uh <laughs> that's that those shows i i i wish they could have ran for for years the first seasons of both of those shows were just they were they hit the sweet spot again for me at that age i was 15-ish science fiction you know star wars was the rage and and science fiction was all over the place another one speaking of that i really would have loved to see run longer that didn't again we're talking about science fiction but starring roddy mcdowell was the television version of planet of the apes i love uh that show and for half a season is all it ran from september to december of 75 i want to say 75 76 but so good roddy mcdowell was so good on it they Mm. did a little bit different take on what the ape world was like and i was really loving it and gone before before the new year
0: god well there's there i mean there are so many shows like that and jonathan and i on 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 this show do a series called forgotten films where we trade off um suggesting or you know picking a movie that maybe is not really very much in the public consciousness and it's so much fun because i end up seeing movies i never would see because jonathan has seen them and, and and vice versa so what what are some movies other movies and tv shows you like but people don't remember or know little to nothing about
2: well uh so they're not i think they're not necessarily like unknown quantities but again special memory movies that you know they're not they're not in the public consciousness all the time uh the first phantasm film by don coscarelli yeah (laughs) oh man i snuck into that we were supposed to see a (laughs) g-rated movie and i snuck into that me and my buddies we all we paid i got our tickets for i thought it was in search of noah's ark but i can't remember anyway some g-rated documentary kind of movie and then we all you know went and got treats and then went into the into phantasm and that show scared the bejesus out of me as a as a, i think i was like a 14 year old kid uh so i love that movie i also love uh a couple of michael beck hits uh that were well, not hits but movies uh starting with the warriors i love that movie Mm. and and then i'm also a big fan of a musical that he was in called xanadu i don't know if you guys are familiar (laughs) with xanadu Xanadu. Xanadu. i love xanadu for (laughs) a variety of reasons i mean we've got olivia (laughs) and john gene kelly and uh, one of my favorite bands of all times make an appearance in the middle of that movie (laughs) (laughs) and all those elo songs Yeah, it's just the soundtrack is phenomenal. Way better than the actual movie story, right? But you just got to take it as a whole, and it's it's enjoyable. I think it's gotten all three of those movies have some cult recognition now. Uh Uh, But you know, they're movies that if I want to go to just you know (laughs) just to to enjoy, recognizing that it's not. These aren't high quality, you know, these aren't the Academy Award winning films, but they're they're still fun. I I, I love them. You know, I, I go way back, though, and when I think about some of my all time favorite movies, a movie that I absolutely love, uh, that I think it at the time people knew and was popular and, and remember, it was even made into a TV series in the 60s as a, a romance called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Oh, yes. Of course that <laughs> movie and it's that one is one of those it's like comfort food for me and whenever i just need to kind of like the andy griffith show if i and but i have a little extra time not just a half hour i'll fire up that one it's uh it's one of my favorites
1: now also you you did the uh i'm sorry we're posting a show tomorrow like on our favorite cartoons now based based on your channel We're and based on what we've all talked we're around the same age as me. Ike and I had this conversation when we did, when we recorded the show. He did not remember. I want to see if you remember this. The networks devoted a whole show on Friday nights before the first Saturday. Oh, yeah,
2: Saturday morning previews. Right,
1: the major celebrities from the thing
2: would come <laughs> yeah. out and promote it. So you do remember this, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I have some favorites. Okay, NBC in '73 did one with Jimmy Osmond and all the Croft characters that one was just fantastic the show and that was this year that NBC debuted land of the lost and uh, the star trek animated tv series and that was a full hour some but the abc ones were usually a half hour i remember the one that abc did on a friday night was a uh, 6 million dollar man was recovering lost videotapes or last lost reels of film from the saturday morning shows oh and they would show just a little clip just a little teaser of what you would what would be in store tomorrow, the next day, Saturday morning, <laughs> Saturday mornings. I mean, kids, I feel so bad for kids these days.
1: Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> they don't
2: know the pure, simple joy of I would, my dad wouldn't have to get up early on Saturday mornings. So he would let me borrow his little anal- analog alarm clock and I'd take it in the bedroom and plug it in and set up for 6 a.m. That's when they started out here locally. And, I'd have to hit that alarm quick so it wouldn't wake anybody up, but I'd get it and I'd be really quiet. I'd go get my bowl of cereal, usually without milk so I could just eat it, you know kind of munch on it while I was watching. And the volume had to be kept really low in the house. but oh, Saturday mornings were the best in that preview show. That was uh, that was magic. magic, Jonathan.
1: I, like, you know, I have like so many memories of that that you know, like, oh my god, we have to watch so I I made my parents sit and watch the preview show. <laughs> yeah, and I,
0: I have no memory of that at all. So I don't remember that. Or it just wasn't on in our house. So there you go. But it was of just course once I a watched, year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did, of course, watch Saturday morning cartoons. So, what were some of your um your favorite Saturday morning cartoons or cartoons in general? Uh so I uh love super
2: friends and scooby-doo so that was kind of like you know (laughs) scooby-doo maybe first but the super friends i loved i loved anything that was like a There was uh, like an animated version of Gilligan's Island, an animated version of the Partridge family in space that used all the old Jetsons images. It was weird. The character designs were all from the Jetsons with the Partridge family plunked in there. And there was no explanation how they got into the future either. It was really weird. But I loved that one. There was a Gilligan's Island in space. Uh, So I loved those. Anything with superheroes, so the super friends were big. Uh, there was a Batman in the 76, 77 that used Adam West and Ward's, Ward's voices again. That was great. And then I loved the live action stuff. Uh, stuff from Filmation, Ike. that I, you know, I enjoyed the, the stuff from Filmation. Space Academy, Jason of Star Com- Command, Shazam, Isis. And then the Croft stuff I really loved too uh particular in particular land of the lost and i like sigmund and the sea monsters a lot as well
0: well Well, now he just named a bunch of cartoons you and i didn't even talk about so now i feel i feel uh, like we've fallen down (laughs) on our job here
1: (laughs) We'll have to put an addendum
2: in (laughs) yeah you know that's the beauty about cartoons i i i think you could do multiple episodes about
0: oh gosh there were so many i mean just the cursory research i did was like I was just like, gosh, there were scores of them, scores and yeah. scores every year going back to the you know mid-50s. It was just crazy. Great, great, great entertainment though. Lots of right. you know, really rich entertainment that I, I thoroughly enjoyed as well.
2: And you said there's scores of them, but here's the interesting thing, at least anecdotally as I think about it now, there are even more now. There are more cartoons, more animated shows out there. Stuff aimed at kids, entire channels aimed at kids. But the problem is, is that there's so much that it's that I think particular programs and and it just all gets lost in this just this cacophony of TV programs out there. And there was something magical about a single day, a single segment of the day that was just for kids
0: yeah
2: and uh and that's why you know we can we think about those shows and it does feel like there were so many shows but there were really there weren't as many as there are now but they were we noticed them more and they and and paid mm-hmm. attention to them more because they were just for us and it was a that was something special yeah
1: you hit the nail on the head. It exactly it. Right. They, you, they stood out more because they weren't as many. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Now, uh, be- before we let you go, we have to discuss one show that you you also did a video on it. There, <laughs> you did a show on one of my favorites, Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah. <laughs> I was obsessed with that as a kid. Yeah. I still watch them on YouTube whenever, you know, because they're out there. And I I love when we have guests on who participated in, so I get to question them <laughs> about it. I, it just so much fun and it would never happen today no one would do this today.
2: they tried to do it a few years back probably yes. like a decade ago Terrible. maybe 15 years ago and they couldn't get any stars to do right. it so you would end it's like the battle of the network uh i don't want to call stars list stars right but <laughs> they weren't the, the magic of the battle of the network stars um, was just think about that first season of the battle of network mm-hmm. stars you had linda carter farrah fawcett penny marshall gabe kaplan those are all from just uh abc then you had telly savalas uh over there on uh, on cbs adrian barbeau uh who else was there karen grassel from nbc robert conrad of course that's the uh, you know the greatest <laughs> moment in battle of network stars history <laughs> yeah. happened with gabe kaplan and robert conrad and that that race that foot race was oh just that's the subject of my live stream this thursday i'm excited uh, oh really to visit it. yeah yeah oh fantastic i'll have to tune in for that it's <laughs> yes.
1: gonna be fun <laughs> that's
0: good. well what days do you usually post new episodes or do you have a specific day uh i don't
2: have a specific day i you know, there's. I, I keep listening to all these YouTube creator uh, videos and podcasts where they talk about how you need to kind of batch record and you get them all saved up. I just kind of let let the whimsy of whatever I want to work on take <laughs> the next video. I mean, it takes as long as it takes. Sometimes I whip it up in an hour or two, you know, and other times they, it takes days. So I typically post three three ish videos. A, a week and uh, and i don't have any particular day that they they drop on just just when they get done
1: we're, yeah. we're under the batch record system <laughs> so,
2: that's just, smart that's it's way more you know efficient to do it that way
1: that's, that's <laughs> we, could, we, we could plot in when we're going to post this one or post that one <laughs> try to be strategic. hey you get to
2: be a little strategic right yeah exactly. yeah
1: so which topics do you have coming up next that we can look forward to
2: Uh, So the one that I'm posting next is going to be about a little-known appearance, uh, a crossover between Star Trek and the Flintstones. There was a crossover. People don't remember this, and and when you see the video, you'll know why. But uh, where Fred Flintstone actually encountered or thought he encountered Mr. Spock and i'll oh, just leave it at that and uh and it's it's a it's just a it's one of those wild hair videos i was reading an article in a magazine called retro fan and i said i got to do a video on this
0: oh fantastic that is fantastic i don't know if i remember that and i watch a lot of tv i i sorry i have a question
2: i'll let you in on a, a hint here jonathan <laughs> it wasn't a tv show it was a commercial
1: oh wow uh... okay
0: <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I'm have to check that one out.
1: Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. today. Thank Thanks you for taking the time. Thanks
2: so much for the invite. I mean, this was a treat for me uh, to visit with both of you, and uh, I'm a big fan of both of your work.
1: No, and like I said, I, I well, we love your channel. We, we like you talk about it, and then when you, it's like you know, you mentioned us, I'm like, oh, we, you know, that's definitely <laughs> so. But. Uh, you know, again, we thank you. And I, I urge everyone to please subscribe to Dave's channel. It's so great. If you love our channel, you're going to love his channel. It's, you know, we do a lot of the same things and uh, in different ways, but it's it's great. And again, you know, thank you for joining us. And uh, this has been Pop Culture Retro with me, Jonathan Rosen, and Ike Eisenman. And again, a very special thanks to Dave Sundstrom. And please subscribe.
0: Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast.